Okay, good morning, everybody. Okay, good morning. We actually left off yesterday mid-thought, but only because everyone has to get to work, we stopped. Usually we don't like to do that, but just to finish yesterday's thought, we were discussing whether one is allowed to go ahead and learn before davening. And we said, according to Rashi, the Pasuk suggests, uh, the Limot suggests from Abba bin Yamin that he never went ahead and did anything. Certainly his own needs he never took care of before davening, but even learning. And Tosfos went to bat and said, I don't understand. We see from later on in the Gemara that there's a source that Rav used to go ahead and give shiurim before, before davening. And then we saw a Mishnah Brewer on Sima and Reish Nun. You got to look it up? Yes, I Okay. Did. So we saw that the one time where this does not apply, says in the Mishnah Brewer, is Chefzi Shemai, Erev Shabbos. If you have an opportunity, Erev Shabbos, to go ahead and buy something for Shabbos that will not be around uh, after you finish davening, he says, go, Mishnah Brewer says, Befeirush, go out and go make that purchase for Shabbos, then go to davening, because that is Chefzi Shemayim. That's considered anything for Shabbos, it's considered Chefzi Shemayim, the needs of HaKadosh Baruch Hu are not your own personal needs. Just to finish that thought, we discussed in the past, um, when the share was much smaller, that the Nitziv has a very, very tremendous insight as to different types of mitzvahs. He says there are certain mitzvahs that are just written in the Torah, that just, obviously there's a preparatory stage that's needed, but the Torah doesn't necessarily tell you what that preparatory stage is. For example, it says, Lekachtem lechem beyom arishon. You have to take four minim on sukkahs, but it doesn't say you should go to the, uh, where do we go? What's that thing called? Shuk. The shuk in, uh, in Me'asharim, to that tent, where you have 5,000 people and four square feet. They don't tell you to go there. It just says they assume you're going to have it on the first day. But certain mitzvahs actually tells you the preparatory say, stages. Mezuzah, the mitzvah, is to go ahead and affix it to your doorpost. But it says, you have to write the mezuzah. By tzitzis, you have to wear it or isem, but it says vasisem, to make it. By sukkah, we know, by sukkah, to sit in the sukkah, but yet it says, construct, erect the sukkah. So the, the Nitziv says, there's a very famous insight, and he says, any hechsher mitzvah, haksuva bekra, any type of mitzvah where the actual preparatory stage is, is actually delineated and stipulated clearly in the Torah is on a higher level than a regular preparatory stage. Meaning, you can't compare the, the value, the intrinsic value of building a sukkah to necessarily buying dalaminim. Anyone could buy, buy dalaminim for you. But you have a specific, so that's what he says. He's, he applies three applications, three nafkaminas based on this concept. Number one is, do you make a bracha? Do you make a bracha on a hechsher mitzvah? So there's actually a, a machlokas, Bavli Yushami, whether you make a bracha on, when you build a sukkah. So based on this, he says that it, since sukkah specifically says, Chaga sukkos ta'aselecha, it makes sense to say why there's a mitzvah, a bracha on that mitzvah. No one says to make a mitzvah, to make a bracha when you buy dalin minim. He says another difference is mitzvah bo yosem ibashlucho. If the mitzvah, the preparatory stage, is specifically mentioned in the Torah, that is incumbent upon you to do more than to pawn it off to a shaliach. And th- an example is as follows. Th- in this example, why do I bring it in? The Rambam in Perak Lamid of Hilcha Shabbos says, Arba Dvarm Nermu B'Shabbos. There are four different mitzvahs associated with Shabbos. Two Minat Torah and two Medivre Sofrim. We know the two Minat Torah are Zachar and Shamor, and the two Medivre Sofrim are Kavod and Oneg, based on the Pasuk. So it says Kavod and Oneg. Now, what is the difference for Kavod and Onik? So what's Mashma and the Rambam, when the Rambam discusses in Perak Lamid, 
He says, Ezeo Kavod, what's considered Kavod? This is whatever the Chachamim commanded us to do before Shabbos. Example, he doesn't say those exact words. He says, Shemitzvah Adam Lirchot's Pan of Yad of Raglov to go ahead. Uh, to go ahead and to shower before Shabbos. And then he says, also we covered Shabbos, you wear shilubash ksus nekiah, that you go ahead and dress nicely, appropriate clothing for Shabbos. And then he says, also the kvosu Shabbos, don't eat before Shabbos so that you can enter Shabbos with a big appetite. So it's mashma in the Rambam, but mafurash in the gra, the Vilna Gon says explicitly that anything we do before Shabbos is considered kavod Shabbos. Anything that we do on Shabbos is oneg Shabbos. The Rambam, the Rav base, uh, points this out, the one mitzvah that the Rambam puts in both Perak uh, Hay and Perak Lam, Vilcha Shabbos, in Kavod and Oneg, is Hadlakas Neros. Hadlakas Neros, we do Erev Shabbos, we light, obviously, can't light on Shabbos, Havara, but we get the benefits on Shabbos. But the point is, since this is a Heksher Mitzvah, Suva Bekras, since Kavod is mentioned specifically in the Nevi'im, Midivrei Sofim, says the Rambam, therefore, the, the Nitziv says that is an example of a hechsher mitzvah ksuva pekra, and it's mitzvah bo yosim and b'shlucha. You can't pawn off that 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 mitzvah of kavod onig onto your children. So if your wife asks you to vacuum erev Shabbos, you shouldn't pawn it off. Well, how do we get to this? Because that's what the Shulchan Aruch said yesterday. Even if you have many avodim, it was in the lashon zachar. The man should go ahead and do the kneos, the the purchases. It could be mashma. <clears throat> from the words of the, of the Shulchan Aruch, why does he specifically say everything's Lashon Zachar on the man? Because men tend to pawn this off on their kids, but that's what the Nitziv says. Since it's a Heksher Mitzvah, since Kavod is specifically mentioned in the Torah, albeit in the Nevi'im, it's a Heksher Mitzvah, it's afforded a higher status. Therefore, says the Nitziv, it's a Mitzvah Bo Yosem Shluchal. Normally we say that when you appoint the Shaliach to something, it's the same thing. You appoint your Shaliach, it's as if you did the Mitzvah yourself. Not in this case. Also by Kedushin, we say it's better that you go ahead and Mikadish your wife yourself so you see her, so you're attracted to her to make sure that someone just doesn't go ahead and betroth you to someone who you never saw before. Same concept here. It's a higher mitzvah, mitzvah bo, Yosem Shlucho, and that ties in to what we said yesterday. Okay. Now, to continue. It says specifically he's supposed to write a mezuzah, and yet we all do the shlichus. I mean, nobody writes a Well, because it's offers. It's just, that's a, that's a hechatimsa. In other words, not all of us are going to be served. Yes, correct. But even tzitzis, in other words, tzitzis, we, theoretically, we could make. But yeah, you're, in other words, it's a higher status. It's ideal, he says, mitzvah bo yosem mishluchal. But it doesn't mean necessarily that you have to, but it's certainly... Mitzvah uh, Megillah, you have many cases where you... Right, but there it doesn't say that you actually... Right, so Megillah is Rabbanon, and Shofar doesn't act, it says, Uskatim, that's a shaliach, that's not the hechshah mitzvah, that's the actual mitzvah itself. In other words, cutting the horn off the ram would be the hechshah mitzvah. Uh-huh. Putting it on a doorpost, and yet the Torah says to write it. That's the whole point. In other words, it's mentioned, the preparatory stage is mentioned explicitly in the Torah. Okay, so now, next part, we are on to <clears throat> the second wide line on Hei Amabes, all the way at the bottom, the most wide line. <clears throat> okay, so we say now, um, actually, we did that already. Let me, so let me, let me, um, okay, yeah, Amir Abichama, so the fourth wide line. Rabbi Abba bin Yaman said two things yesterday. He always never tried to do anything before davening. And the second thing is he always put his bed, sorry, yeah, and he always put his bed in the Tzophon and Darom. He, he positioned his bed in the north-south direction. So everyone who places his bed in the north-south coordinates, he will merit to have Either male children, or some say learned children, 
Shenemar utzfuncha tamale bitnam, your hidden treasures should satiate their bellies. Yisbu banim, and they should be satisfied with children. So Rav Nachman bar Yitzchak Amar, ain ishtomai peles, af ain ishtomai peles nefalim. Also, if you put your bed in the correct position, north south, you will never have Rachman Aslan any uh, miscarriages. Ksiv hacha, how do we know that? Because it says over here utzfuncha tamale bitnam, it says your hidden treasures should fill their bellies. Ksiv hasam, and it says by. Uh, by Rivka, it says pot bitna. It says belly, and she was able to give birth to both uh, Yaakov, uh, to Esav, and sorry, yeah, to uh, to Yaakov and Esav. Okay, so now if we look <coughs> at Tosfos, Tosfos seems to say, if you look at the bottom Tosfos, it says mitaso ben ladaron, The last Tosfos, specifically not east west, vidavka. Specifically, when you're having uh, relations with your with your wife, meaning the the, the couples' beds, not the children's. Where's the shechina found? East west. So therefore, you have to go and you situate your bed in a different position. And by the way, though the Achronim point out, this does not apply to kids. In other words, the kids' beds are not involved in Tashmas. If you have a single person or children, it doesn't have to be in that direction. If the whole purpose is just not to go ahead and do this act in the in the same direction as the shechina. <clears throat> then it doesn't apply to these children. Now, why, why specifically North South Rabbeinu Yonah, Tamid Rabbeinu Yonah? In this, we have Tamid Rabbeinu Yonah, not Rabbeinu Yonah, and Brachos. So the Tamidim say of Rabbeinu Yonah that the reason is because in the Beis Hamikdash, the Aron and the Shulchan were in the north. The Aron represents uh, the uh, Shulchan Menorah. Sorry, Shulchan represents Mazal, represents food. And the and the menorah represents Torah, so we have we should have in mind just like we saw yesterday with Rabbi we saw Rabbi Yochanan was sitting outside the Gemara Matzia Matzia Daf Peidala discussed it. He was so beautiful. He was sitting outside the mikvah, and we saw the Sforno also inside <clears throat> by Yaakov with the with the different uh, cows, the different livestock. When you have says Rabbi Yonah, the thoughts you have before the child is born is much more potent than when your wife is already pregnant, that you should hope that the child should grow up to be it's much bigger because that's already, it's already formed. But before it's formed, has even greater powers, and a tefillah is even stronger before. So if you have these pleasant thoughts, these kadosh thoughts, during when, you, when you're fulfilling the mitzvah of Ona and Tashmish, so uh, zachalo. Okay. What does it mean yeah. that the Shekhinah is north, is east-west? Not to sing Uncle Moshe, but like, what does it mean it's only east-west? Why, Pavar, great. Pavar no, no, great. I'm saying, I'm saying, based, saying based on this. what is it? What, what do they say it means? It means that... Uh, How is it not north-south? Is it because the, the base of Mikdash is oriented east-west? Uh, well, first of all, we all daven now facing... We don't face north-south, right? So we face Mizrach. Right. So, and it's in the Marav. So I can assume... I mean, I didn't find anyone that actually specifically commented on that. But um, <clears throat> they take it for granted that's where the... Uh, probably they do the base of Mikdash in Har Maria. Yeah, that's a, uh, yeah, just in this situation, a weird situation. Okay, right there. <clears throat> the Gemara continues and So what happens? You have two people davening Mariv in Shul. Presumably, he's talking about Mariv late at night, and one finishes Shimon Esrei before the other one, and he decides to leave the, the Shul, leaving the his his chaver to daven on his own. So we say, Torfin lo so we throw his tefillah, the one who left, back in his face, Bifanov, Shnemar, Torif, Toraf, Nafsho. And so we say that he tears himself apart in anger. 
And then halamancha ta'azov aris. We say, and, af, uh, and are we going to abandon, is Hashem going to abandon the world for your sake? Meaning that you went ahead and left this person to daven on his own, and we're going to go ahead, you're disrupting this person's tefillah. Why are you disrupting this person's tefillah? Because it's at night. He, doesn't, he knows, he's looking around and no one's there. He's not going to be able to concentrate on davening anymore. So therefore, we reject your davening as well. Velo O says Abimnyam. Doesn't apply. We're going to see Tosos in a second. Correct. <clears throat> so, and it may only apply also in the olden times when you're davening in a sada. Now you're davening in BRS, Baruch Hashem, we have top-notch security around all, 24, I don't know, 24-7. That's what we say afterwards, May and Shalosh. That's May and Shalosh, correct. That's correct. So now, it also says, This person who leaves, and leaves his chaver alone, facing the shechina, also causes the shechina to be removed. You remove the rock from its place, and the rock only refers to you ignored the rock that gave birth to you, and therefore that is a obviously a... a the second reason would apply to any tefillah, not just for... Uh, correct. The, the, uh, correct. Theoretically. So if you look at Tosfos, though, so Tosfos actually, um, by the way, the Shulchan Aruch Paskins, by the way, that in Nishar Adam Yechidi Mispalo Vesakneses Chayiv Chaver Lahamtin Lo Achei Sam Tefilaso. And he doesn't necessarily say it's referring just to Marv. So in general, it's better. The reason this was brought on, but Tosfos says because if they dive in the southern, because of Mazikin, we're getting to the Shadim now. This is going to lead us on to the Mazikin. You shouldn't leave someone alone at night because when they leave, Mistama, again, now we have cars, talking about a thousand years ago, 1500 years ago, they would walk in the Sada and they would walk home at night. There wasn't street lights, there wasn't this and that, shade them, list them. So it wasn't a great thing to do. Okay, so the Gemara says, But if you waited for that person. So, by the way, just to hear your comment, Dr. Bruxton, the Rif says it's only by Ma'ariv, but not everyone, not everyone agrees that. Other people, it depends, because the second statement actually undoes the first one. It says nothing to do with uh, safety, it just, you're, you're removing the Shekhinah. But the Rif says specifically Ma'ariv for the reasons we just discussed. It's interesting, the, the um, Tosos brings down the re would always wait for the person and he would just daven longer, not to make it look obvious. It's known that the Chassam Sofer, um, we say, rachamim. we have tefillah specifically targeted for the Malachim. The Chassam Sofer was very against this tefillah and he personally didn't say it, but he didn't want to make Geshami Lismoch and the, the, the Tzibra used to daven and he didn't want to say anything. So he would say the other tefillahs very long, quietly, not to make it obvious, but not to make anyone feel bad. So basically the same thing that the re would do. He would just daven longer, not making it obvious that he's waiting for this person. That's what Tosva says. Okay. Weiter. So now, the Gemara continues and says, But if this chaver waited for the chaver too, to go ahead and finish davening, so what is his reward? He is zochet to the following, these brachos. Says in Yeshaya, says the Novi, had you listened to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, your peace would flow like the river. And the tzitkos would, like the waves of the, of the ocean. And your children will be as numerous as the, the, uh, the sand of the beach. Okay. So we should keep that in mind. We should keep that in mind. Okay, weiter. If we were able to see all the mazikin, we'll see what mazikin is in a second, 
our eyes were not be our eyes would see we would not be able to to remain alive. It would be so overwhelming and discouraging, and 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 it would induce so much fear in us that we wouldn't be able to survive. What's my Zikin Rosh says? They're spiritual um, um, detractors. They cause spiritual harm. And first, them is Shadim. Shadim, we know, are the evil spirits. I remember when I was in Camp Manovo many, many years ago, they used to take someone on Friday night to get to the forest because they say the trees shake and they would come back and they would, um, they would tell us at lunch what they saw until we broke Kenny Fliegelman. You know Kenny Fliegelman? We broke him. He admitted that it, <laughs> we, he admitted that it wasn't true. But this was when we were like 10, 11 years old. Whoever behaved get to go to, got to go to the forest Friday to see the Shadim. Okay, anyway. So that's why they shut down. That's why they shut down. <laughs> that's correct. That's correct. That's correct. Okay. So now, Enkobir Yecholamu Pnei Mazikin. So Amar Baye Inu Nefishiminon. They they outnumber us so many. Vikaima Alon Kikasel Ugya. It's like the dirt that surrounds a mound. It's it's immeasurable. It's numerous. Innumerable, you can't measure it. It would fear. It would cause so much fear that we won't be able to go on living, existing. That each of us have one thousand of these of these mazikin on our left side and ten thousand on our right side. So Amarava, And if you ever see these people on Shabbos that come to these drushos on Shabbos in the olden times. It felt so much more crowded than it really was. It's because of the It's because of these shadim, minayin chazu hanu Those people who have weak knees who feel pain. It's also because of them. Minayu. It's because of them. Hi mani When who have worn out clothes, they're not presumably they're not exercising. They're not rolling in the mud. They're not tackling people in the mud. Playing football. Their clothes shouldn't be worn out. They go into the base medicine home when they're worn out. It's also because of these chachamim. I mean, these shadim. and hani Also, these people who have uh, pain in their feet also because of these things. So these shadim are these mazikim. We can attribute so many uh, different uh, things to them that we, we take for granted. Now, before we get into um, how you go and see them, what, what is this, this concept of mazikin? So, first of all, do, maz- do shadim really exist? So, there's another Gemara in Chagiga. The Gemara says as follows. The Gemara says, Shish, this Chagiga daf tesvav, shisha dvarm nebru b'shadim. There are six different aspects to shadim. Shlosha kemalachi asharis, three of these attributes represent or reflect or mimic the malachi asharis, the malachim. Ushlosha kivne adam, and three of them mimic the movements or the characteristics of man. Shlosha kemalachi asharis, yeshlem kinefayim kemalachi asharis. Says the Gemara, they have wings. They can fly just like the malachim. Number two, vitasin misofa olam at sofa kemalachi asharis, they can fly. And number three, they're able to be clairvoyant. They're able to see what's going to go on in the future. They know what's going to happen. They hear from, you know, they hear from through the curtain as if what Akash Baruch was going in his inner circle. So, one of the three things that are similar to man, they eat and drink, they can go ahead and they can multiply, and they can go ahead and die. So many of the Rishonim actually believe in the Shadim. As a matter of fact, the Ramban, in Parshas Achimos, when he discusses the Azazel, talks about all this stuff, and, and he, is a, he believes in it. Who is the one who obviously, which powerhouse Rishon goes against it? Rambam. Rambam. The Rambam always, right? So the Rambam is the ultra-rationalist and doesn't believe in this. We'll discuss in a second how he gets away with this, the Gemaras. 
Rav Aaron Salveshek believes that this refers to the microorganisms, bacteria and shade, them, also the ultra-rationalistic approach. So Rav Aaron Salveshek was known to say that this refers to the bacteria. And if you think about it, it makes sense. We don't see it. There are literally billions out there around us at all times, and it would be de- definitely overwhelming if we knew what was going on. It's so, not clairvoyant, and it's for sure not hearing from beyond the, the curtain, and it's not, uh, it doesn't have wings. Like, you know, well, they, they, oh, they do fly. They, they, they're in the air. I mean, not fly, not wings in the sense that you that you that you see, but yeah, but they die and they and they and they and they they, they multiplicate. Yeah, I mean, it, it's obviously uh, we don't understand all the uh, all the intricacies of all these things. Say again, Chagiga Tesvav. So the Emes Yaakov, Rav Yaakov Kamenetsky in Parshas Ve'Eris says something fascinating. He says it's not that the Rambam. And by the way, the Rambam is in Parish of Snais in the Vodazara, where he goes against, rails against this. But says the Emma Siakov, he says, the whole world is always in a constant state of balance. We have many things today that we don't have back then. There's no more Baskol, there's no more Nevuah, there's no more Ruach HaKodesh. There are certain things that, 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 that are no longer existent today, says Yaakov, Yaakov Kamenetsky, that there had to be a Koach HaTuma and Koach HaKedusha always had to remain in balance. So at, there was a time when the Mazikin, the Rambam would say Mazikin existed. But that was also when Nevuah, Ruach HaKodesh, Baskol existed. Once that went, this also went. In other words, there has to be a balance, because otherwise one Koach is going to win, beat out the other. So now that, so at the time, the Rambam would say, it doesn't exist today. The Rambam died, we know, in, in 1204, right? 1204 in, in Egypt. So at that time, obviously, there was no more Baskol, there was no more Nevuah, there was no more Ruach HaKodesh. So the Rambam said there was no Mezikin, no Sheidim. It doesn't mean that he what, didn't believe that originally existed. So that's what the Emes Yaakov says. As far as keeping the world in balance, that's on the Echrayis of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Okay, weiter. So now, <clears throat> what do you want to do? How do you, can we see this? Can we see the Shadim? So the Gemara says, If a person really wants to know whether they exist, he should take fine uh, uh, dust, vinader put it around his bed, in the morning you will see uh, chicken footprints. In other words, the shadim have the, the the footprints similar to a chicken. And say again. Oh, and you'll see them in the morning when you wake up. You'll see these footprints. You know they surrounded your bed. Hi, man, the boy, the If you actually want to see them, do the following. Ayal, this is on you. Take a a placenta. Take an afterbirth of a cat. Ukamta abas ukamta, a black cat, the daughter of a black cat. Bukhrusa Bas Bukhrusa, a Bukhor black cat, the daughter of a black Bukhor cat. Vilikle Benura, burn the placenta. Vilishakake, and go ahead and grind it up. Vilimle Ene Mine, and then go ahead and put it on your eyes. Vichazule, and then you'll see them. Vilishade Begumta de Pazula, and then put those ashes in an iron bowl, in an iron jar. Then go ahead and seal it in that iron. Make sure you seal it tight so the shadim don't get to that, that, uh, that dust. It's very powerful. Maybe the shadim will come and steal it from you. And then make sure you go ahead and seal that bottle very, very well so that they do not come back to harm you. So someone took uh, this advice and did it. He saw them, but he became very, very uh, damaged and ill from it. He was, um, yeah, man. <laughs> and then, and then the Chachamim came, and they were, and uh, he got better. Okay, next.
Tanya Abi Binyamin Omer, another statement by Abi Binyamin. Antila Shalom Shmas, Elabes Akanesses. A person, the feel of a person is only heard, only goes up to Shemayim when he davens in the Shul Shneemar, the Shmoa El Arina, Vela Tfila. We should go ahead and listen. And it says, Shmoa to hear the Rina and the Tfila. And, and the Gemara says, B'makam Sheshrina, in a place where there's Rina, where there's singing, and there's Zemiros, and there's Shiros, and Tishbachos, to Akadosh Baruch Hu, that's where the Tefillah should be. So in the place where we daven and we sing, meaning not just daven, but where we sing, that should, which is a shul, that should be where the Tefillah is. So it's better to daven in a shul. Amar Ravin Bar Abar Amar where do we know that a Baruch was found in the shul? Shneemar Elokim Nitzav Ba'Taskel. Kadosh Baruch Hu is within the congregation, the holy congregation. I want to point out before we fit, before we move on. So we know we're supposed to daven in the shul. There is a halacha that if you can't daven in shul, you should at least daven the same zman that the shul is davening. So if you if if you're sick, let's say in Shabbos, you can't make the shul, and you normally go to the seven forty-five or the eight fifteen or the nine fifteen, daven at the same time. The Magen Avram. There's no 745 in Shabbos. So, so, so what, let's say, okay, during the day. So, during the weekday. So, the Magen Avram says, though, however, this following example doesn't work on weekday. He says, if you're going to dive in Shacharis, Tefillah of Shacharis at home, Shwanesser, and they're diving Musaf, it doesn't count as, you don't get this added uh, benefit. The Tzlach says, and this is the Mishnah of Bura Paskins, that if you're diving, though, in Shul, and you're, they're davening Musa, but you're davening Shachris, the Shemona Esrei, that does count as Tefillah B'Tzibor. What does Tefillah B'Tzibor, by, by the way, mean? It means when you say the first two, three brachos together with the Tzibor. It doesn't mean answering Baruch it doesn't mean answering Kedusha. Tefillah B'Tzibor means you say the first brachos of Shemona Esrei with the Chazin and with the Tzibor. So if you're davening at home a Musaf, and they're davening Shachris, or vice versa, says the Magan Avram, is brought down in Simon, Sa- Simon Sadi in the Shulchan Archaim, you are not Yotze, this added kiyam of, so to speak, you know, getting that extra thing, davening the same time at home. But, says the Tzlach, and this is the Mishnah Merapaskans, if you're doing it in shul, that's the benefit of davening in shul. Now, clearly, by the way, davening with a minion outside of shul takes precedence of davening bechidus in shul. Right? But if, you can't, but if you're not able to make minion, you're still better to daven in shul. Because as we see here, it's still better to daven in shul, even bechidus, than davening at home. So that, that's a question I asked Rabbi Sachs that. What about, not just that, Friday afternoon, if you can kabbal Shabbos early, can you daven mincha early? Because if the seven Shabbos is the Raisa, and daven B'tzibah is only the Rabbanan, can you daven to accept Shabbos early? Can you daven mincha early? He thought you could. So, uh, again, but uh, I'm not sure if Vasikin would override that. Vasikin may not be, a, it's probably not a Raisa. I'm sure it's not a Raisa. So, but for, for, for mincha and Shab- accepting Shabbos early, uh, if it's the Tosef Shabbos, the right, so we'll get to that topic, then you would be able to do that. Amar Ravin, so we have... Why can't you do both? Why can't you do both? We're going to stop... Why can't you accept Shabbos and then go to Davin? It's feel him Lizok, right? You can't say a whole davening on Shabbos. So you have to say Shmona Esri at the same time as the Shibor, so you have to figure out who's going to daven for the other. You never know around here. Right? Yeah. Okay, we'll, we'll pick up the...